Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Asia-Pacific Currents. News and labour issues from the Asia-Pacific region. We strongly condemn the, the police that arrest uh, the protesters. Saturday mornings at 9 o'clock. On Community Radio 3CR. Workers of the world should unite to fight this greedy capitalist. Brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. Good morning and welcome to Asia Pacific Currents this Saturday, the 11th of September, uh, a significant anniversary for a lot of people in our Latin American community, shall I say. Uh, This is Asia Pacific Currents. I'm Giselle Hanna. And I'm Pierre Morrow. And that's right. Welcome to a bit of a windy day here in Melbourne. And uh, thanks to Annie for another um, great um, show of Solidarity Breakfast and um, and that song that you were listening was uh, a, a, a artist that we both uh, know, a local Indigenous man, Kucha Edwards, and he was singing, singing Hope, but I'm afraid Kucha had to turn you down, so no, <laughs> ho- no hope to finish that song on time, but it was a great song. Well, anyway. Kucha's actually a broadcaster here at 3CR. That's right, yes, yes, so... Um, Tune in a different time and um, I'm sure you can hear all of his songs. <laughs> um, anyway, um, Giselle, it's just on uh, um, two past nine o'clock and it's good to be back at here at 3CR after unfortunately missing last week. Um, so... If you're interested in Asia-Pacific Currents, who brings it and how do you can, can you contact us? That's right. If you want to get in touch with us, you can, well, firstly, Asia-Pacific Currents is brought to you by Australia Asia Worker Links. And if you want to find us on the web, all the w's.aawl.org.au. We're on Facebook and Twitter. So look us up on those social media platforms and we continue to share news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region. And on today's um, program, obviously, we'll have the usual roundup of uh, labour issues from the region. But uh, what's the our inter- feature interview in the second half of the program, Giselle? Well, last night I had an opportunity to interview Mikyung Ryu, who is the international officer of the KCTU, the Korean Confederation of Trade Unions. We've been reporting that... Um, the leader, the president of the KCTU was arrested. I didn't know this until I spoke to McEwen, but his office was raided by 4,000 police officers in order to arrest him alone. I think that's an extraordinary show of force for a single person arrest. Um, but yeah, I, we speak to McEwen in the second part of the show. Well, there you go. I actually didn't know that there were that many police raiding the... Um, they they do things seriously in South Korea. Um, all right, we'll go to our, our news item first. The first one, um, we go to Palestine, where in an unprecedented event, six Palestinian prisoners were able to escape from the high-security Gilboa prison in northern Israel via an underground tunnel that they had dug over previous months. So that was um, last Monday. 
Now, five of the prisoners um, are members of the group Islamic Jihad, while the sixth, Zakaria Zubaidi, is a former leader of the Al-Aqsa Martyrs Brigade and a Fatah activist. Now, once the escape was uncovered, the Israeli government uh, initiated a massive police and military operation throughout the West Bank, detaining and arresting many and also harassing the families of these escapees. Uh, given the widespread anti-occupation protests, the arrests and killings of Palestinians that have been a steady occurrence in both the West Bank and Gaza over the last couple of months, these latest military operations have only served to further heighten tensions. The possibility of widespread armed confrontations is very high, Though I'm uh, happy to report that uh, while there were uh, mass demonstrations uh, on Friday Palestinian time, they, um, from what I, uh, I saw this morning, there were no reports of uh, casualties. So that's, uh, that's good. And in Myanmar, that country is increasingly being um, squashed by a civil war. This week, the National Unity Government, a political umbrella group formed by elected legislators who were deposed in the February 1 coup, issued a call for a nationwide uprising and the start of a people's defence war against the country's military. This public declaration is an outcome of the militarisation that's been developing in Myanmar over the last few months as a military junta has been able to suppress most of the peaceful protests and actions by workers and demonstrators. Thousands of government opponents are now languishing in official and unofficial jails. Tens of thousands of people have been displaced. Unemployment is widespread, while local armed people's defence forces are continuing to be formed around the country. In an effort to shore up its popularity, the military junta this week released the Buddhist monk Ashin Wiratu, who had been under arrest on charges of sedition against the previous civilian government. Wiratu is a long-standing supporter of the military and is well known for his nationalist and anti-Muslim politics. So my guess is the military is going to turn to nationalism and xenophobia to try to uh, shore up its, uh, its support. So, All right, we'll see how that goes. That's right, that's right. So we move next door to Thailand, where in the last few weeks, the leader of the Building and Wood Industrial Council of Thailand, Tanaporn Wijan, and trade union leaders Suthila Lankam, Sriprai Nonsi and um, Sia Jampathong have all been subjected to police investigation and harassment. They are being investigated by the police for breaching the Emergency Decree and the Disease Control Act when um, for participating and speaking at anti-government demonstrations in mid-August of this year. The four unionists are associated with the Labour Network for People's Rights, a network formed uh, last year to demand that the Thai government stop harassing anti-government activists, dissolves parliament, starts drafting a new constitution and institute a comprehensive welfare scheme to reduce class inequality in Thailand. According to human rights activists, in the last couple of months, hundreds of anti-government activists have been arrested or are being investigated by police for participating in protests. And workers are facing another six years of brutal repression in the Philippines. This week, President Duterte was elected in 2016, who was elected in 2016, announced that he'll run for vice president in the elections in 2022. It's a move to design to circumvent the laws that prohibit a president to stand for two consecutive terms. 
President Duterte has probably overseen the bloodiest and most repressive period in modern Filipino history. Upon taking power, he unleashed a reign of terror under the guise of a war on drugs that has seen police and death squads roam and kill freely, with at least 20,000 people, the vast majority from working-class communities, being murdered. Human and labour rights activists have also been targeted during this period by the same forces, with over 50 activists killed because of their political views. Many more remain in jail or are in hiding for fear of their lives. In addition, the government has not handled the COVID-19 pandemic well, with working-class communities suffering heavily from the pandemic, both economically and in terms of their health. In the last few weeks, churches are being converted into intensive care units as hospitals overflow with patients, while a nurse shortage in the Philippines is becoming more acute as nurses leave the profession due to poverty wages and bad working conditions. Also to add that nurses or worker, Filipino workers, which is that country's biggest um, export, uh, a significant number of those are Filipino nurses. So those workers are in American hospitals, Australian hospitals, right across the world, but not in the Philippines where they're desperately needed. That's right. And there is actually an, a, a huge shortage here in, in Australia. So I would I would suggest that come next year, there'll be a uh, big pull factor for more Filipino uh, nurses to leave the Philippines, um, which again will create huge problems there. And um, just one quick question, uh, Giselle, you know, uh, at the start of, of that uh, news stories about Duterte, um, going to uh, um, run as vice president, there is a rumor of for who the pri- the president is going to be. Any yeah, guesses? that was my question. I don't know his wife. I would say you're on the right track. Very a, close. a child, a his si- daughter. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so um, uh, one uh, could more ha- than nepotism, really. I mean, just straight up corruption. That's right. That's right. So it hasn't been, um, but yeah, the rumor is, is a persistent rumor. So that would be, um, I think terrible just doesn't quite cut it. <laughs> yeah. Um, we now go to all the way to West Asia in Turkey, where hundreds of workers employed at the Salcom Turkey plant in Istanbul have been, t- have been taking industrial action over the last year to resist the company, company's punishing work schedules. Management has been forcing workers to regularly work 11 hours a day without fully remunerating the extra three hours worked or allowing extra breaks. In addition, there are no proper kitchen or rest areas and given the cramped conditions, many workers have become infected with COVID-19 during this last year. The workers uh, also formed a company union and joined the Turkish Metal Workers Union, Turk Metal, Um, But in response, the company initiated a campaign of intimidation, threats and dismissal against some of the more prominent uh, labour activists. This dispute is still continuing. And the Chinese government is promising to stamp out punishing work schedules. Among Chinese workers, seeping resentment at the brutal pace of work that millions endure has made the so-called 996 work culture a widely understood term. The number 996 refers to people working 9am to 9pm six days a week, often with few breaks and or overtime payments. 
While Chinese labour law stipulates that a standard workday is eight hours long with a maximum of 44 hours a week, this is most often not respected or enforced. A number of highly publicised deaths of workers due to overwork this year has prompted the government to publicly come out and warn companies to operate within existing labour laws. Labour activists are sceptical of any real change as much of China's economic expansion is based on this rampant exploitation, while the absence of any independent unions robs workers of any ability to organise collectively for better conditions. Just on that issue of um, overwork, in our interview with Mick Yong, we're going to talk a little bit about that because, again, another staggering thing that Mick Yong says in that interview is that more people are dying of overwork and industrial-related um, causes than are dying from COVID. So for the labour movement in Korea, actually campaigning and fighting around industrial-based demands is more important than uh, any of the restrictions the government's introducing about COVID. Um, yes, it'll um, be uh, interesting to hear this in a couple of minutes, but certainly as uh, a lot of the news items sort of say, this issue of overwork um, and punishing work schedules is, is becoming, I would say, a deadly disease around the world. It is 13 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. You're listening to Asia Pacific Currents. We're going to go to some community announcements and then our feature interview for the morning. You know, there's people, like you said, have been on casual for seven years. Well, it's supposed to be casual employment. People want full-time jobs. They don't want to be sitting there casual, not knowing they're going to get any any days, any leave or what's, whatsoever. Especially, you look at all the casuals in the, our industry at the moment, they're sitting home. You know, people want full-time employment and they, sh- they should be entitled to That's full-time right. employment. And look at all the people who were used and abused as casuals in the aged care sector and all the problems that are facing people now and all the deaths that are following in the meatworks, a lot of that's casuals, labour hire, you know, we've got blokes travelling around, you know. We want full-time positions and, you know, that's... And people want it. We want to be full-time employed. You want to have your Christmas holidays. You want to have time with your family. But when you're a casual, you get none of that. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio 855 AM on digital and online. 3CR Radical Radio. Fifteen minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. I think we'll just go straight into our interview. Mick Young introduces herself here. Uh, my name is Mick Young. I'm the International Director of the KCTU. Thank you so much, Mick Young, for joining me. Uh, obviously, we're here to talk about the uh, current political situation in Korea and most recently, the president of the KCTU, Young Kyung-soo, was arrested on the 2nd of September. Tell us what happened. Uh, yeah, uh, on September 2nd of this year, the police uh, with uh, around 4,000 uh, riot police and investigation officers from the police uh, raided in the KCT office to arrest him, the one person. And uh, the Seoul District, Central District Court uh, issued an uh, arrest warrant on 13th of August for allegation of violation of uh, infectious disease prevention and control law and demonstration and assembly act 
for organizing the uh, mass rally for the workers' lives and safety uh, organized by the KCTU. 4,000 riot police to arrest one person. That seems like quite an overreaction. Um, the, the demonstrations that uh, Yang Kyung-soo, uh, him and, and, the, and 22 other organisers were accused of organising, these include May Day on the 1st of May. And there was another one, an overnight protest that involved 4,000 delivery workers, drivers. Uh, actually, there's quite a bit of industrial dispute happening in South Korea. Can you tell us what's going on? Yeah, in uh, many, uh, like uh, many other countries, uh, Korea is facing uh, the fourth uh, curve of the infection of the COVID-19. And this uh, is expanded to not only for the health uh, crisis, but also the economic and employment crisis. And uh, so uh, in uh, that situation, many workers in Korea are facing uh, difficulties due to the income losses and uh, job losses, and especially uh, in the sectors uh, which are hit hardest uh, by the pandemic. Uh, workers are facing uh, mass dismissals uh, and uh, the government's uh, support uh, for job retention uh, is not enough. So uh, they, uh, uh, there are a lot of uh, workers facing uh, uh, difficulties. So in that situation, uh, many workers are demanding for the improvement of the government reaction to response uh, to the economic crisis uh, driven by the pandemic and they are asking for uh, strengthening of uh, their rights as well. And at the same time in Korea, uh, the number of the deaths told by the uh, industrial accidents override uh, for, uh, of the uh, deaths told uh, by the pandemic. Uh, many workers are dying uh, from work. Even yesterday, three uh, young uh, workers died uh, from their work uh, they are, uh, while they are doing their job in, in their workplaces. So many uh, workers and trade unions are struggling for better uh, protection uh, in terms of uh, workplace safety. So yeah, this is the situation of the uh, industrial dispute in Korea. We'll talk about the COVID transmission rates in just a minute, but you said something that I, I want to um, pick up on, which is that more people are dying from work-related injuries than are dying from the pandemic. And I wonder if you can talk a little bit about some of the causes of these industrial deaths. Uh, yes, uh, uh, we, uh, the uh, trade union uh, in Korea, uh, were very much inspired by the, tra- uh, the, the struggle for the threat killing law in Australia. Australia, which uh, was driven by the Australian Union. So yet last year, uh, we introduced law on punishment, uh, etc. for the serious disasters, including the industrial uh, accidents and the public accidents. And this is uh, to strengthen uh, the preventive measure and at the same time, the uh, punishment against the corporate, which caused uh, the serious uh, disease, industrial uh, accident. 
uh, and uh, the workplaces uh, that concentrated uh, on the workers uh, who are precarious workers, especially the subcontracting workers who are outsourced workers in big companies, and the their real employer uh, who are control the working conditions and wages are avoiding their responsibility and liability uh, when the accident uh, occurs. So this law also uh, setting uh, some uh, uh, set of responsibility of the real employer, the, the uh, principal uh, contractor in the multi-layered supply chain. But uh, many companies uh, and especially the big uh, conglomerates resisting uh, in implementation of this law. So they are pushing hard uh, to revise uh, the, the, the newly introduced law to make uh, the punishment uh, softer. So that's why uh, we are emphasizing the high rates of the industrial accident, which is even happening uh, during the pandemic. Now moving to COVID, what is the general COVID transmission rate like in South Korea in relation to daily infections, daily deaths? And is there a Delta strain outbreak at the moment? Yes, uh, the first week of July, the uh, number of new cases uh, suddenly increased. So uh, now the uh, level of uh, the uh, new uh, daily new cases like uh, 2000s a day uh, more or less and every day five uh, to ten persons died from the COVID-19 and yes the Delta variant is uh, the major uh, uh, element of the transmission in uh, nowadays the vaccination is delayed due to the lack of uh, volume of the vaccine. Uh, the Korean government is facing some difficulties to get uh, enough vaccine uh, to vaccinate uh, all uh, people. And uh, they, they are uh, relying on, on the sacrifice of the ordinary people uh, to stop their, their normal uh, lives and movement. Uh, and uh, many people are uh, standing anymore uh, to uh, compromise or sacrifice their daily life, uh, co uh, cooperate with the government's measure uh, to contain uh, the, pandemic, the pandemic. So yeah, the level of infection uh, nowadays uh, is uh, still very high. So we know that the Korean Health and Medical Workers Union, the KHMU, was planning a strike action on the 2nd of September. Can you tell us what their demands are and the issues in the industry, but also whether that strike went ahead? Yes, uh, exactly. The Korean Health and Medical Workers Union uh, planned to go on a strike uh, for September 2nd. And uh, as I mentioned before, the, uh, the uh, pandemic, uh, the, the COVID-19 uh, containment measure uh, by the uh, Korean government is much relying on the sacrifice of the individual and uh, the uh, medical and health uh, steps, hospital steps. So 
many medical and health workers in the hospital uh, is uh, suffering from overwork. And uh, the pandemic shows the lack of uh, public uh, health, health system and uh, especially the infectious disease response system. So uh, the union tried to uh, get some government consent or government uh, agreements to increase the uh, healthcare steps and uh, medical steps and uh, introduce of the proper uh, infectious uh, disease response system and the public uh, hospital system in each area. So uh, they tried to uh, negotiate with the government with the ultimatum of uh, that day, the September uh, 2nd. And uh, the, they also conducted a union ballot uh, for go on a strike and they get uh, more than 88% of uh, the vote for uh, the strike in each hospital. So they were ready to go uh, uh, on a strike. But uh, at the last minute, the uh, union and the government, the, uh, the, the Ministry of Healthcare and Welfare and the union uh, made an agreement uh, on some key issues, uh, including the uh, increase of the staffing and implement the pilot project for the predictable and regular shift system and uh, eliminate uh, some kind of uh, unlicensed or illegal medical practice, which is happening due to the uh, lack of a staffing and so on. So the strike at the uh, national uh, union level was uh, withdrawn, but uh, many uh, workers in some uh, major hospitals are still uh, uh, on strike uh, for uh, negotiation with their own employers. Yeah, and just to remind listeners, the the day that those negotiations were happening with the government um, and when the um, medical union withdrew its industrial action because of the deal. That was also the day um, that uh, President Yang Kyung Su was arrested. So starting to see mm-hmm. the build-up of this industrial pressure causing a reaction from the government. Well, there is a campaign calling for the release of Yang Kyung Su. Can you tell me a little bit about this campaign? Yeah, uh not only uh, the KCTU members, but also many uh, civil society and human rights organizations uh, are joining campaign for release of Yang Gyeongsu. And uh, they are emphasizing that the, the COVID-19 control uh, measure taken by the uh, Korean government and the social distancing measure is uh, uh, too much uh, relying on the restriction of the freedom of association assembly. And uh, at international level, uh, the response from the trade union in other countries are very active. So many unions around the world express uh, their support for the KCTU's struggle and uh, many uh, international organizations like ITUC and other global unions also express their uh, demand uh, for the release of Yang Gyeongsu. 
3CR programs provide information and analysis you won't hear in the mainstream. Today we'll be looking at the legacy of the US war on Vietnam on Laos. And as far as corporate capitalism is concerned, it is the worst political and economic system that you can have. Our laws about jailing refugees and asylum seekers are so well crafted. Sex is not irrelevant and we like who we are, but we don't have to be imprisoned by our gender. Become a subscriber today. Call us on 9419 8377 or visit 3cr.org.au. 3CR, the voice of dissent. 28 minutes past nine o'clock here on Community Radio 3CR. That interview was with Mikyong Ru who is the International Officer of the KCTU. I did that interview yesterday. So when she refers to the five deaths that happened the day before, those happened on Thursday. Um, And, Pierre, that brings us to the end of the show. That's right. That's right. And uh, certainly um, sometimes, you you know, you've got to tip your head to our comrades in other countries. Their toughness and their resoluteness is inspiring. So... um, That's right. Well, coming up next is Palestine Remembered, but Pierre, you and I will be back next Saturday with more news and current affairs from the Asia-Pacific region. Thanks for tuning in, and please stay tuned to 3CR for the rest of the weekend. That's right. Uh, My name is Pierre Morrow. And I'm Giselle Hanna. (laughs) 3CR, always bringing you the latest union news. They're coming after us at the moment. They want to get rid of penalty rates, the big push from businesses. They want to get rid of all the things that you and I have fought for. So there's tens of thousands of jobs gone, contracted out, to sham contracting arrangements. On 8.55am and on the web, 3cr.org.au. Wasting time.